Welcome to the Low Carb Leader Podcast, a podcast focused on optimizing health and performance through a low carb lifestyle. Every episode will bring you a step closer to living an amazing low carb life. Come join us for this exciting journey. And here is your low carb leader and host, Dan Perryman. Hello, and welcome to the Low Carb Leader Podcast. I am your host, Dan Perryman, and you have joined me for episode 82. So I hope everything is going great for everybody. On today's episode, we have a great guest, Karen Martell. Uh, Karen was overweight. She struggled with all aspects of her health. Her nerves were bad. She had PMS, migraines, food sensitivities. She was bloated and tired all the time, and she found different approaches and finally landed on the ketogenic diet to help fix her issues. Now she coaches ketogenic clients. She focuses primarily on women. She now focuses on reversing the symptoms of autoimmune disorders. She gets to the root cause of digestive issues, helps repair adrenal fatigue, solves weight loss resistance, and she is an expert on ancestral-based nutrition, paleo, ketogenic, all of that. So I really enjoyed my discussion with Karen, and we talked about a lot of stuff, ketogenic eating, as well as all the factors that play into being healthy, like sleep and mindset, which a lot of us forget about as we go on our journey. We just think, well, we need to eat bacon, we need to eat a well-formulated ketogenic diet. We need to eat our leafy greens, but then we forget to sleep and we forget to have positive morning routines and have positive mindset. Great discussion with her. Before we get into the interview, I would like to remind you once again, you should check out my ketogenic Facebook group called The Keto Leader. It is free and there's a lot of great resources. I continue to build the unit section, which is kind of like a course with all different types of topics on there. Just go to facebook.com slash groups slash the keto leader, or just type in the keto leader into Facebook groups. And finally, see, this is a way that I can get my daughter to actually listen to this podcast. I want to wish my daughter, Bella, a happy 17th birthday today. So they grow up so fast. All right. Well, happy birthday to you, Bella. And Let's get on to the interview with Karen Martell. Hello, and welcome to the Low Carb Leader video podcast version. And we have a great guest today. Karen, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, happy to have you. So Karen Martell, a transformational health coach and a host of podcast and videocast on track. So welcome. Thanks for having me. And I am down here in St. Louis, and you are a little bit north of me, right? Yes, I am in Canada, uh, near Vancouver, British Columbia. That's awesome. So uh, what's it like right now in December in Canada? We actually had, like last year at this time, there was so much snow and we only just got our first dump yesterday where I am. So we're just starting to see the snow. It's been cold, but there hasn't been a ton of snow, which isn't good because my family skis. So we've just all been patiently waiting to get on the ski hill. Yeah, that's it's kind of late in the season, isn't it? Yes, it is. For sure. Yeah. So uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, you have an interesting journey of paleo, low carb, keto. So kind of kind of walk us through that and 
And we're gonna talk eventually about breaking through stalls, but I definitely want you to share your story. Yeah, you bet. Well, um, as we were talking actually before this podcast, I heard of keto, you know, 10 years ago. So I know that makes me probably sound old. I'm only 42. So, you know, I'm not, <laughs> not as old as you are, Dan. Oh. <laughs> Dan just told me his age before. <laughs> That's why I say that. Uh, yeah. So 10 years ago-ish, and then prior to that, I myself was having a ton of health issues. I had had my first child and after I had her at the probably two years, I started to develop all these different health issues. My blood sugar was crazy up and down. I remember I'd always have to pack like snacks with me everywhere I went or I'd start shaking and have the whole hangry feeling. I was getting really, really severe hormonal issues where I would PMS for weeks. I was digestive wise, bloated all the time, constipated, like not every, it's like all systems started to break down. And I've always been a super healthy person, always been a researcher. So at that time I was digging into all this stuff. Like, okay, well, maybe I should be vegan for a while. So I did that, you know, and then I was like, maybe I need to cleanse. I would start cleansing. I went Adkins. I mean, I basically went on the zone even for a while. I, I was going through all those diets and I was hired a personal trainer because I started to rapidly gain weight as well, which was horrible. And, you know, went and did these boot camps, worked out with the personal trainer. I was probably in the best shape physically in my life because I was working out so hard and I only continued to gain weight. So I was like, what is going on? And I was, I'm not kidding you. I was a really clean eater. Like I was, I wasn't even eating a ton of carbs because I knew that low carb was better. I was just, once in a while I'd have my squirrely bread or, you know, my oats for breakfast because that was, you know, what you should be eating and things like that. But I wasn't overdoing it. And so fast forward, I went to my naturopath and I was like, I need to figure out what's going on here. Like I want to test my hormones. I want to see what's happening. And I was in my early thirties. So he was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I just came back from an anti-aging conference. Apparently the best next best thing right now is something called the ketogenic diet. So I was like, hmm, okay. I literally went from there went home, started researching it, went and bought my pea sticks. <laughs> and I mean, no one had heard of it back then, right? Nobody started, you know, going super low carb, started to follow Mark Siston was kind of my gateway into it all. Bought his book, went, you know, paleo, went keto, then went into paleo found that all these problems started to reverse themselves. Like my blood sugar got better. You know, my bloating got better. My energy got better. My skin was better. I didn't lose a freaking pound, like not one pound. And I think my composition changed. I remember thinking that at the time, like my body looked different, but on the scale and as a woman, Dan, we always look at the scale, right, doesn't right. how healthy we're trying to be. We still want to see the number go down and it continued to climb. And I was so frustrated with that. And so I went, you know, back to the drawing board, kept digging, you know, my hormones, when I, they came back, there was definitely some dysfunction in them. I had uh, really low cortisol. My estrogen was too high compared to my progesterone. 
And I, you know, so I started to work on those things and I started to work on a lot of mental stuff that I hadn't dealt with growing up. And so there was a big part of that that came into it. And I discovered I had a parasite infection and some SIBO and I had all these different things happening. And it took me, unfortunately, a couple of years to figure it out, all of these little factors to figure them out. And I can say that I'm actually still figuring it out, but it was finally the weight started to come off and my body composition continued to change. And I came out of it thinking, oh my gosh, like these primal diets rock. Like there's nothing better than eating this way. I don't feel like I'm suffering. There's no willpower involved. I feel satiated, like super happy, but women were super complex. And things are getting worse as far as our bodies go and our hormonal system. And yes, to men as well. But I was just on a mission after that to, to spread the word to other women following primal diets that, hey, if you're not seeing those weight loss results that others are, then you need to start looking beyond the diet. Like, Don't go and think, okay, well, keto doesn't work. I'm not losing any weight right. and hop on to the next best thing hold on, you know, like there is an answer and most women do hold on, which is really cool. And I see women that, you know, that come to me and they'll say, I've been doing keto and they're, they're sticking with it. They'll be on it for like six months, a year. And they come to me and they're like, I've been on it for a year. I lost a few pounds in the beginning, haven't lost anything since. And so they're sticking with it because their markers are better. They feel better. It's easy. All these other health stuff is getting better. but they don't lose weight. Right, right. Yeah. And I want to talk about that in Breaking the Stalls, but I, I see that in the group a lot. Somebody will post that they're, they're eating keto and they're not losing weight, but then, and then I'll message them and I'll be like, okay, well, kind of tell me what you're eating because I always like to see. And a lot of times they're right on track with what they should be eating. Uh, but then you're right, Karen, they get frustrated with the diet and they're like, keto's not working for me. But you know, this is a question, like, how much do hormones play in this? How much does sleep play in this? And, you know, exercise and stress and everything else, because people magically think if they start eating butter, that they're going to lose all this weight when they're sleeping three hours a night. Right? right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and if they're following a good, like you said, if you've looked at the diet, and it looks good, you know, in your eyes, my eyes, you're not just eating bacon and butter all day long, (laughs) then it's definitely then a sign that you need to go beyond that. And what women tend to do, Dan, is they tend to then go, oh, I need to lower my carbs farther. Well, I need to go carnivore now, right? And they, or I need to lower my caloric intake more. And those are all the worst things that you can do. Yeah, no, let's, let's, right let's actually talk about that yeah. because I, I, have, uh, I have done a couple of videos on reducing your calories and what that does in metabolism and how that affects your hormones. So, and, and you focus more on women, so I think, and there's, there's a lot of women viewers right now. So kind of talk to them about what that approach does to your body mm-hmm. in, a, in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can look at it from a biological evolutionary kind of standpoint. Um, The keto diet, as good as it is, 
it does reduce your caloric intake already. Like even just naturally when you start eating, it's very hard to overeat on those foods. It's also why it works so well. However, in time, if you're a woman that's saying, you know, you're, you're, you've reduced the calories naturally, you've, you're down on the carbs, so your insulin resistance maybe has disappeared and all the great things have happened. And let's say you fast all the time. This is all very common, right? I'm sure you know this, like this is kind of what it looks like. And you're fasting over a period of time. What is that signaling to the body? especially to the female body. And this is why it's so prevalent in women over men. Fertility. Exactly. We are here to produce babies, nothing more. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're all here. Men and women, we're just here to procreate, right? Don't Keep turn off the video. <laughs> Stop. This is what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yes. But when, if, that's why we're here and, and the, on the inside, our bodies, does, they don't know that we're in a land of plenty, food, right? There's food everywhere. The inside of our brains and our bodies, you can kind of think like it's still stuck back in hunter-gatherer time. We are built for survival, end of story. So over a period of time, if you're lowering your calories, you're lowering your carbs, you're fasting hello, what's that doing to your body? Your body's going to go, oh my gosh, there's not a lot of food around. We're fasting because, you know, there's maybe we're in the middle of winter or whatever it is, you know, that we would have gone through as hunter-gatherers. But that's what it starts to signal to the body and the brain. So what does the body and the brain do? Because it's built for survival. It says, okay, we need to slow down the metabolism because we need to conserve the fat that's on the body right now in case this woman gets pregnant. And you do see it far more of an issue in younger women, post-menopausal women, you don't see this as often. They seem to get away, of course, with more fasting, a lower caloric intake, lower carbs, same with men, because you guys aren't having to you know, feed a second person and, and grow it basically inside your body. So I see that happening where they either, you know, that's kind of like the, the keto plateau that happens. And it's almost with all, all women, it seems like, I don't, I can't talk to all of them, but I see so many and I'm, I'm literally hundreds and hundreds of women telling me the same story of how they plateaued after a certain amount of time on keto. And I, it's their body, a lot of the time biologically going, okay, we need to slow this down. So the worst thing you could do is to keep reducing the calories, keep reducing the carbs. You're going to then hold your fat on even more and it's going to start to stress your system out. Right, right. Because a, a lot of what I hear, um, especially from uh, women who are my friends, will say, I can't get rid of this fat. And then they'll go through the same exact cycle of, I'm not eating. I didn't eat yesterday, but my fat's not going away. And I learned um, by doing a physique show, when you get your body fat really, really low, the second you start eating, your body is going to put every, every calorie into fat, right? So I'm guessing that that's what happens um, as well with women. It's you cut your calories, your metabolism slows. When you eat that food, it's not going to save it as muscle you're going to be just storing fat because your body thinks you're in starvation, right? Exactly. And you almost get hypersensitive. Like you said, that if you do that for too long, then and you go start to eat some carbs again to try to fix it, 
that is a side effect that can happen is they'll suddenly gain weight quickly. It's like they're oversensitive now to the carbs. And so there's, there's different ways that you can avoid this from happen to, for it to happen. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that real quick. But um, yeah. so what does that do to hormones for women? Yes. Yes. So for hormones, it's, it will drive down your reproductive hormones, the estrogen, the progesterone. Mostly though, is going to drive down thyroid because thyroid's your metabolism. So when your body thinks it's in starvation, it's going to say, hmm, okay, well, what's the master hormone for the metabolism? It's your thyroid. What burns fat off your body? thyroid. <laughs> so it starts to drive thyroid down. And we are in this crazy epidemic right now of hypothyroidism in women, most going undiagnosed and most going, if they are diagnosed, most have been mistreated as far as their medication goes. So they're still in a hypothyroid state. So doing a ketogenic diet can exasperate those problems for women that are already hypothyroid, but it can also cause hypothyroidism. It's called Uthroid syndrome, where it's from, it's a disease that causes, that this has, is from yo-yo dieting and starvation that causes hypothyroidism. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, you were talking about some strategies to kind of avoid that. So mm -hmm. Those so, that are watching right now are saying, okay, tell me what I should tell do. Tell me what I do, Karen. Oh my God, this is me. Yes. So number one, definitely have those carb up days, which I'm sure your peeps are all very familiar with. So whether that's once a week, I have some women that they love doing like, you know, one of the weekend days where they, they eat some good carbs. There's other people that do it, you know, one or two nights a week where they, you know, maybe on their higher workout days where they eat a carb up dinner. And those usually consist of like sweet potatoes and fruit and it's lower on the fat end. And so what carb ups do is they definitely signal to the body like, hey, there's actually lots of food around. We're okay. Go ahead and continue to lose weight. <laughs> do you, so, do you yeah. recommend, do you recommend clean carb ups or dirty carb ups? <laughs> to, well, I recommend the clean ones. However, <laughs> that said, I think we're humans and there's lots of pleasurable treats out there that sometimes on a ketogenic diet, it's kind of nice when you can, let's say, go out for, for some people pizza with their friends or have some drinks on the weekend or something and they can use that as their carb up let's say, right? And as long as it doesn't cause too much detriment to the system and you, you can bounce back from that, then awesome. And I've read lots about like, uh, like Tim Ferriss, Matt Stone, and these guys that really insist on eating the crappy food, like really high sugar, high fat, like yeah. go as bad as you can for that day to really shock the system. That works for some people too. But I work with a lot of women that if they did that, it would be a runaway train. Yeah, see, that's, that, that was a question I had is, uh, you know, it, it, what is, is it the, the gateway drug of a Dairy Queen chocolate shake that ends up kicking somebody right back into their old bad habits? And Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's like the telling an alcoholic he can drink one day a week. Right, right. Yeah. Here, you can have a bottle of vodka on Sundays. That's it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No, you'd have to go back to recovery every single week then. So for some, I always ask women, like, 
you know, how do you handle that? If you ate some sugar, is it a runaway train? And I would say more than 50% say they can't do that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, so it's better uh, than to do like the sweet potato kind of carb up. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, you know, cause carb up days when you're, when like you're preparing for a physique show, it's, it's, it's dirty carbs. And I like that. I like to clarify that just because, you know, going into a, a competition like that, I knew my metabolism was going to like crash because of this. You, you can't get to a really low body fat without totally screwing yourself up. Right. So yeah. those were days where I was just trying to get back. But the, the other thing is like, you're fully depleted, your glycogen's depleted. You don't have anything. Right. So the distinction of somebody who wants to carb up, who doesn't really need to carb up compared to somebody who's, uh, maybe more depleted and they need to get that metabolism. So if somebody's just starting right now uh, and they're saying, cool, I'm starting keto today, I'm going to start carving up twice a week. What, what is your timeline there for when, when do you, when do you know you need to carve up? Yeah. I always say at minimum, you should be doing hardcore keto for six weeks, minimum. And then past that, as you keep going, it's more of, I would say like kind of a sweet spot would be at the two or three month mark where you start to say, okay, let's do one day a week of these, of some good complex carbs and see how that feels. I've had people that they gain weight and, they, and they, they're like, no, I can't, I'm not going to do this because I'm gaining weight. And then you have to just be really careful about your caloric intake then on, on keto. But I find that that's kind of the, the sweet spot there is, is two to three months. And you want to be fully keto adapted. You want to have that metabolic flexibility where you can easily go back and forth. And that's kind of a good way to test is, can you eat a day of carbs and then test your ketones the next day and see if you have some. If you have, you gone right back into ketosis. Right, right. And if you don't, and it takes you a couple of days to get back to it, you're not ready. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I know there's some signs of like a slower metabolism. My hands were cold a lot. and That's the thyroid, yeah. Yeah, you're just weak and your muscles look flat. There's like some signs where you really need it. But I probably wouldn't recommend waiting till you get to that point to, to try to carve no, up. No, no. Yeah. yeah. And if you've hit weight, you're, you've hit the plateaus and we can get into more about that, but if you've hit a weight loss plateau, definitely let that be one of your first interventions before you start cutting more stuff out, right? Like there's definitely things that you can look at as far as your diet goes. Like some women do better off of dairy, you know, some women do better with intermittent fasting, but not, you know, making making sure you're not doing it every day so there's those exercise like there's other interventions that can come but definitely have that be one of the first things um and just a side note too like i've i've kind of adopted my own way my own keto and i i now go with my monthly cycle and it's a harder thing to learn for women to to get and i don't suggest doing it until you're really comfortable with the keto diet but now it's more, I can stay pretty low carb and intermittent fast in the first half of my cycle. And then on my second half of my cycle, my carbs go up, um, especially during these couple day period where I just, you know, the serotonin's dropping, we need some more carbs, I'm not sleeping well, and I'll carb up frequently during that time. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 
All right. So what, what other, uh, what other plateau uh, tricks do you have? Yeah. So I will say that it's not just like there's the plateaus, which is you've done keto, you've lost weight, you were losing weight for a period of time, not just your first week, for a period of time, and then you plateau. Then you can look at those interventions and start to kind of um, shock the system because your body's getting used to what you're doing. And so you always have to remember that as well, that there's the fat mass set point, which means your body gets to a point where it's like, "Mm, yeah, we're happy here. We're not going to lose any more weight. And there's different interventions that you can do to shake that up because your body's adjusting. And that can simply be different, like really drastic different caloric intakes. So one day you might be super low calorie and be fasting, or you might do a 24 hour fast. Then you do a day of carb loading. You might do it week to week if you're a woman and kind of go with the cycle, but you kind of want to be keeping the body guessing and shaking stuff up. And there's, you know, you could do liver cleanse. I've seen that work really well to boost people's metabolism up. Um, exercise, lifting weights, something different that you're not used to doing as far as exercise goes. So to once again, shake it up. Um, going no dairy for a month and see what that does going, you know, maybe taking out some more inflammatory foods out of the diet. You can, I've seen that work. Now on the other side of it is weight loss resistance, which is what I had. Like it didn't matter what I did. It was the weight was not going to go anywhere. And so these are women that would get onto a keto. You've been doing keto. You maybe lost a couple pounds of water weight in the beginning, and then you haven't lost anything since or a couple pounds of any. That's weight loss resistance. Your body's, there's something else going on. And like I said before, before you go just jump on the next best diet, you really want to start digging in deeper and figuring out what else is going on, especially if you're over the age of 35. This is extremely common for for women over the age of 35 because that's when our hormones start to get really dysfunctional. So I always tell women, if this is you, your first and foremost thing you have to do is get your hormones tested, right? Test your insulin, see if like, do your hemoglobin A1C to see where your blood sugar is, see if, how ins- if you're insulin resistant, because that can cause it. You want the full saliva or urinary or urine hormone test, which cannot be done through a medical doctor. Everyone always says, well, can't I just get my doctor to do it? they do not do urine and saliva testing, which is the most accurate because you're going to be testing unbound hormones. Serum will only test bound hormones, which are not the ones that we're using. We want to know what the unbound hormones are because those are the ones that your body can use. And that's going to test your progesterone, your estradiol, your DHEA, four-point cortisol, and as well do a full thyroid panel, which is super important. So (laughs) do you Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Do, do you recommend a uh, functional medicine physician or chiropractor? Or like I know a lot of the kind of the, I yep. just know the functional, functional medicine. Um, will they, yeah. will they have the ability to order these type of tests? Yes, they have the ability. I actually have the ability. I sell hormone kits off my website. So it comes oh. to your door and you do it in the, in the comfort of your own home. You send it in, you get the results. And I have a session with them to oh, awesome. make the recommendations. Yeah. A uh, lot easier in the States than in Canada. You guys have access to a lot of different um, like bioidentical hormones down in the States that we don't have here. So it's it's actually easier to address, but it is, it, it is the number one tool for any woman that is having troubles losing weight is you want to do the full thyroid panel. So, you know, the TSH, free T3, free T4, and don't say, 
oh, well, I've had my TSH checked. My doctor said it was fine. That's not like my, that was another part of my story is I went undiagnosed with hypothyroidism for 10 years because my TSH and my T4 were in completely normal range. And it wasn't until I tested my T3, which is the usable form of thyroid. That's your, that's when we were talking about metabolism, it's T3. It was so low. My doctor called me and was like, oh my gosh, how are you even walking around right now? Oh, wow. Oh, this is why. I mean, and it solved so many issues that I was having, like those last little things that would not go away. And I had chronic migraines, and I was, you know, oh, wow. I didn't have what you would think is hypothyroidism when you when you think of the t- typical woman with hypothyroid. You kind of think of a woman that's overweight, that's maybe losing her hair, is depressed and lethargic. I didn't have that. But I was tired and I would, but I just pushed through it, right? You wouldn't know, you know? So, and I didn't correlate that my migraines would be because of a thyroid problem. I didn't think that my restless leg syndrome would be because of my thyroid or my bowels or my skin rash. Like none of all that stuff went away when I got on the proper medication for thyroid. So, and I see this every day and I just want to stress that to women is, Every single day, I have a woman that tested her thyroid and it comes back low. Like that's how prevalent it is right now for women. It's like, like I said, a growing epidemic. And if you're having weight loss resistance, you got to check it. And so that one you can get your doctor to do because that one's serum. I can do it too because it's a blood spot test in the kit. But if you want, you can. You have to sometimes offer to pay for it with your doctor. In Canada, I just tell them. Tell them you'll pay for it out of pocket. Just get it done because they'll only test TSH here. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, what else? Uh, how important is sleep? Uh, I talk a lot about sleep, but um, I think yeah. I, I think uh, uh, social jet lag is the term, right? So, like sixty to seventy percent of the people now in the world, they say have social jet lag, which means I think that's the right term, where they're just sleep deprived. Yeah. Right. So everybody walks around like they have jet lag. Uh, (laughs) you know, because we're supposed to be sleeping seven, eight hours at least, right? Um, A night. How does that affect weight loss, hormones, all that? Yeah. So A, it's going to affect your stress hormone cortisol. And women right now are, that is what is driving the hormone dysfunction that we're seeing in every woman right now is stress. We have too much stress from you know, the fact that we're still the main caregivers raising the kids we're, and now we're working nine to five and still, you know, doing, not to say that men aren't as well, but women just seem to take on a lot more than men do. We're multitaskers, right? Men are more like one task at a time and we'll try and do it all at a time. And then also the toxins, the artificial light, the, the food we're eating, these are all stressors to the body and it is what drives the hormone dysfunction. It's what drives... Uh, the symptoms of perimenopause that we all hear dread so much, the hot flashes, the weight gain, the driving factor of that is stress. So if you're in the best way to reduce your stress and to heal that adrenal system is sleep. So if you're chronically not getting enough sleep, you're chronically tapping the adrenal system. As well, without enough sleep, you're also going to affect your hunger hormones, which means if you're not sleeping well, it's going to drive sugar cravings. You can think of it when you're hungover, you've had a late night out, you know, and the next morning, do you want to eat salad? Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and meat? Do you want meat and salad? 
No, you do not. You want McDonald's. You want like the high gross, you know, whatever you can get your hands on that's not good for you. Right, right. Right? So if you're chronically not getting enough sleep, those cravings are the same. Like they, they will be in the, in the driver's seat of, of basically what your choices are for food. You're going to want those bad foods. So it makes it a lot easier if you don't have that going on. You're not having to battle with yourself all the time. So that, and it is just, it's like a chain reaction to the entire hormonal system when you're looking at it, right? Like you start losing your sleep, your cortisol is going to go up, your estrogen is going to go up, your progesterone is going down. All of these things is like this horrible waterfall effect. And I always tell women, you know, I have seen women break through weight loss plateaus by simply sleeping more. Yeah. And, and right now I know, I know people are thinking, well, I can't sleep. Right. But you know, the way I approach it is as soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm th- that's like when my sleep routine starts, right? Like a little bit of exercise yes. in the morning, lights, Light. get your, um, you know, your rhythms correct, circadian rhythms correct. And then at night, I always wear blue blockers. I don't watch zombie movies at nine o'clock at night, right? Like you have to start calming yourself down and prepare yourself for sleep. Because, you know, I know a lot of people say I can't sleep, but yeah. when you ask them, they're going, they got the music cranking, they're, you know, they're drinking. scrolling Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, staring in the Facebook, right? And, like, it, all you have to do is, like, type in, the, you know, the, the negative effects of blue light, and yeah. you will start paying attention to that. But, you know, it'll suppress your melatonin. I, you know, 15 minutes of blue light will suppress your melatonin for yep. hours, right? So you have to work to sleep better is my point. You just can't say, well, I, I can't sleep, Karen. You know, it's, I, I can't sleep, so I don't. Well, you have to change things up a little bit in yeah. order too bad you gotta sleep <laughs> right right you have right? to I, if i don't get my sleep i i'm just kind of groggy all day i just yeah it's 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 horrible and it's horrible. yeah and i know a lot of people don't sleep more than four or five hours a night which is oh which is so like to me i just cringe I, you ask my family i'm like the sleep nazi i like with everyone in my family i'm on top of the fact that they need to get a good eight to nine hours of sleep no less that's it right she said eight to nine hours is what she said. Eight to nine hours, people. Eight to nine hours. <laughs> no less. So, so we're kind of running out of time, but uh, what? any other thoughts about plateaus? These are awesome uh, tips about breaking through some stalls and plateaus. Is there anything else that uh, comes to mind that you want to talk about? There's, there's different kind of things that are a little more obscure when it comes to the weight loss resistance. And, and it would be a whole nother podcast, but I will just say, um, like I said in the beginning, one of my biggest pieces to the puzzle was working on the emotional part of the weight. And I had a real disconnect with my body and I had gone through trauma before. And I think most of us have gone through some crap in our childhood and in our teens and and we tend to suppress those and nobody wants to look at it anymore we want to carry on and pretend like they're not bothering us today but i've been in the industry of health and wellness for over 20 years and i'll tell you what the mind body connection is a real thing and you you know 
the supplements are great, the testing, the lab work, the diet, it's all great and all has to be part of it. But this has to be part of it too. The mind, the spirit, if you're not feeding those things, if you're not dealing with some of the emotional garbage that happened to you in your past, a lot of that can manifest as weight. And a lot of the time we don't want to let go of it because it signifies something. Maybe we're holding on to it because that's how we identify with who we are as the woman that's trying to lose weight or the man that's trying to lose weight. And I know that that kind of might be like, what, what are you talking about? Well, I want to lose weight. And it's like, well, dig a little bit farther. And some people, when they start to lose the weight, they actually start to panic because they don't know who that person is. They don't even know how to adjust to this new thin person that they'll actually start to put the weight back on because it's just too unfamiliar. So I always say just a little quick tool is when, while you're on this journey and when you're, or if you're just starting out, I always say, write down why you're doing it, you know, and, and what is number one, what's the purpose of you trying to lose weight and then see yourself there reaching those goals, right? If it's because you want to play with your kids, because you want to grow old and be healthy, because you don't want to have a heart attack or whatever that looks like, you want to get into the bikini, right? It's a lot of ego stuff, but you know, that's totally okay. But see yourself there and then pay attention to the emotions that come up when you're thinking of it. If it kind of freaks you out and you're like, oh, God, I know, then, then we have a problem. We have a disconnect. Right. right. You have to see yourself there. You have to feel good about getting to that place. You have to be able to picture it, feel it, and know where you're going in order to get there, or else it'll be really hard to. Yeah. You know, I used to think that the whole positive affirmation, visioning, and all that was like this kooky stuff, right? It's, it's real. It's, it's real. real. Like starting every day with gratitude and just simple things that take like a couple minutes yes. are, are like, Game changers, absolutely game changers. And it's, uh, it reminds me of, um, I can't remember her last name. She does, she has a TED talk with like a bazillion views. Um, Amy, she does the power posing. She talks about fake it until you become it. Yes. Right? And I can't remember her name, but um, if just, just Google Amy, uh, like power pose. But if, if you don't think it works, she talks about how just by opening your body up for like two minutes, will completely change like they did a study about people they did this mock study and people were interviewing and they had couple, one half doing power posing the other not doing power posing and and all the interviewers didn't know who was doing what but they they wanted to hire all the people who were doing it and that's so and, and to me like this stuff is real you know i mean if you can just open up and think positive for a couple minutes and it will completely change your attitude. Um, it's a game changer. It, it really is. And I'm, I'm like, remember, it was a Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live that would say, I'm good enough. Al Franken, remember? That was, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. Yeah, I'm good enough. And I always used to think about that. And then I, I started, I saw uh, Tony Robbins' son and uh, speak and uh, Joseph McClendon, and they were talking about this. And I started doing it just a few months ago. And it's like, it's, you're, you're so right. And, and I'm like the biggest skeptic in the world. So I'm telling you, listen to her, listen to her. And, yes. And there's uh, science to back this stuff. It's actually not woo woo. And there's so much right. science that's coming out right now to bridge that gap between spirituality and science. And, um, 
Joe Dispenza is great. If you've never heard of him, he's a neuroscientist that talks. He bridges that gap and he really explains it in his book. He's got a book called Breaking the Habit of Being You. And it's fantastic. And it's, he's got meditations in there. But if you need the science to go with it because you want to be proven, it's a great book to, to start with. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Karen, we are out of time. This has okay. been great. We might that's have to awesome. do another podcast just on the mind body because that would oh, be. Oh, I'm in it. Yeah. That, I love I that. Love stuff. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how do people connect with you? Like, you talked about your hormone kid and uh, yep. talk about your website, social media, all that. Yep. So, my, my big thing that I have going on right now is for the last two years, I actually started a membership for primal women. So I call it primal because it's for women that are either following the keto diet or the paleo diet that want to take it a step farther, that diet isn't enough. It's about all this stuff that we've been talking about today where we provide women with weekly meal plans in both the paleo and keto. We even have some on the autoimmune paleo diet, but we also have a ton of content about balancing hormones, your thyroid, your insulin, and we get into many different um, interventions for weight loss resistance in the program. So it's been a huge success. It's definitely my baby and I love it and women love it. So if you're kind of wanting to look into the mind body stuff, we do tons on that, but it's just for women that are wanting to take it a little bit farther and get better results with their primal diets. And you can find me on track with Karen Martell Nutrition. I have an awesome podcast video cast lots of mind body stuff on there. I have, I basically try and even it out between lots of kind of woo woo spiritual kind of stuff that's going to help you on your journey, as well as the hard like nutrition, digestion, stress, nutrition, all of those things. Uh, I balance out the interviews with people so that you kind of get a little bit of all of what we're talking about today. And where can, what is your website? Is karenmartel.com. KarenMartell.com. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think just as a final comment, you know, when people start in the keto world or the low carb world or paleo or whatever, they, all they want is nutrition plans and what do I eat and give me a recipe and give me, you know, but there's a lot more to it. There's so exercise, there's sleep, there's mind body, there's, and really eating is a small part, Right. I mean, I spend a lot of time now focusing on mind body just because uh, I ate keto for a long time and didn't feel that great. And now that I'm eating keto and, and doing this positive stuff mind-wise, it's, it's completely different. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a total game changer. You yeah. have to even them out. You do. Right, you have to, right. it's, it's all the food plan, but you got to address this other stuff. There's <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to have you back on for the mind body. because Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Karen. Well, thank you so much for joining us and uh, uh, good luck with everything. And hopefully it snows soon so you can go skiing. Yes. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for being with us today, and we hope that you are on the road to your successful low-carb lifestyle. Become a leader in your health and a leader in life. Check us out at www.thelowcarbleader.com. And remember to join Dan again next time on the Low Carb Leader Podcast.